it was it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, I would say being there would have been enough. Uh, being there with uh, 28 of our uh, fellow parishioners, uh, one of whom was my wife, uh, was uh, more than I could have hoped for. It was uh, so special. I can't wait uh, to go back, but I'll never have another first trip. Uh, it was incredibly special to see those things uh, for the first time. You know, what what's people talk about and what is uh, really uh, very true uh, is, uh, is the fact that the Bible comes alive in a way that you don't anticipate. In fact, you can hear that it's going to happen and you still don't anticipate it. Um, because I went kind of expecting to think, oh, this is going to be, it'll be sort of neat. You know, and I was, I was, there were some things I was really excited to see. But it was going to be, I didn't expect it to be quite so um, mesmerizing, transformational, uh, exciting. Um, but because everywhere you go, they've built a church on top of the site. And sometimes they built a church and it got torn down and they built another church and it got torn down. And, and so what you're seeing is the third iteration or more of, of something built on top of, sometimes just in the 50s, uh, built on top of this uh, holy site. Now what we do in our culture, we, we want to keep it exactly like it is so it will be the same for all time. And that's what we... But, uh, like to go see, but for for them, and I think it started back in the 300s, and once it was done, it was done. But it was um, uh, it was glory to God to put something majestic on top of it to mark it. And so, rather than having a uh, you know a little sign, you know, a historical marker that you can walk past, uh, they put you know a gigantic cathedral. And uh, there were but there, so there were just. Um, there, I was expected to be like, all right, you know, a cathedral or you know whatever. I wish they hadn't done that. And let me tell you that the um, the principal architect uh, and his name, somebody help me with that. That's the olive oil. Um, um, Francisco, I, um, I can't. I, I wish I should have. I should. Look it up. I, I should have. I should have. Uh, it's something like that. Uh, it's an Italian. Uh, it was an ar- Italian architect, and this was like in the fifties. And the Franciscans uh, went around. It must have raised millions of dollars because they put um, churches, renovated churches, all around. And every time we'd go, and you could see the Franciscan flag uh, flying, you knew that this was one of theirs. And he put such. I mean, he's Roman Catholic. Put such seriousness and thought into how he read the scriptures and how it came alive through his architecture. That was one of the things that just blew me away. Um, and so one of the things, the things I want to share with you, and I'm going to need a timekeeper. You're going to need to tell me sort of how, I, how I'm doing on time because I, I could just go and go about this. But um, it was just so amazing to, to see things that you uh, read about in scripture. Berlucci, yeah, that's right. Berlu- Berluzzi, yeah, Berluzzi, yeah, that's right. No, no, that's right. And so, um, 
so Berlucci puts so much um, care into it. So, for instance, we read about the transfiguration. And it said that Jesus went up on a high mountain. And our friends who were there will remember <laughs> riding in the shuttle like this. <laughs> around these switchbacks, up, up, up. And, and, and I just remember going, oh, it really is a high mountain. It's probably the second highest mountain that we saw there, Mount Hermon, uh, which we read about in Scripture. It's a snow-capped mountain, and they, usually, in fact, have a couple of ski resorts uh, there. And you can see it off in the distance, especially when you go up to Caesarea Philippi uh, in the north. But, um, but I just remember going up, up, up the mountain, and and realizing how hard Jesus and James and John and Peter would have had to work just to get up to that mountain, up to the very top. And then getting there and seeing this church, remember when Peter says, uh, you know, they, they come down and, and remember who shows up with Jesus as he transfigures and shines bright light, bright white? It's uh, Moses and Elijah. And Peter says, uh, Lord, I mean, just you can imagine, like he just... What do you do when Moses and Elijah show up and Jesus is you know, radiating glory? He says, hey, can I build three tents? And you would just stay here because this is awesome. You know? and, so, um, and so what Berlucci did is uh, on the top of the cathedral, and it's fairly subtle, uh, there's, there's three peaks and there's three tents. And you walk into the tents... And, uh, and had this magnificent two-tiered cathedral right on the top of, of this mountain. And there were services going on, uh, the people, and it's, it's pilgrim, pilgrim services. People, and they arrange, this is one of the things I didn't know, arrange months ahead of time. Uh, next time I'll know. But, uh, and they have services there, mostly Roman Catholic. But there's a, uh, there's a chapel for Moses and a chapel for... Um, for Elijah, we didn't get to see Elijah because they were the whole time we were there. They were having a service, and but it was just it was magnificent to see how he told the story through his architecture. Um, for instance, when we came down where we were on uh, back, we were in Jerusalem, and and really like the Mount of Olives is just a a large hill across the creek from uh, Jerusalem, and the creek is the Kidron River, and that little that place is called the Kidron Valley. And I've always kind of, I didn't know how to picture the Mount of Olives and the Kidron Valley. And it's really, I mean, it's, you, could, you could hit a golf ball across. I mean, it's not that far. And, um, but when we were walking down from the, uh, the top of the Mount of Olives on the, on the Palm Sunday walk, coming down, 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 we stopped um, at, at a church called Dominus Flevit. Is that right? Is that what it's called? And what Berluzzi did is he, um, instead of having stained glass, he had a clear window because that's where Jeru- uh, Jesus stopped and, and looked across and cried out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to put you under my wings. See? So he gave the clear window so that he could, so we could look out like Jesus did. Incidentally, we stopped... There and our um, because I didn't make reservations ahead of time, and our, our tour guide Colette pulled some strings, and we were able to go into a, um, a little courtyard area uh, and have communion. 
with Jerusalem uh, in the back. And I'm set, so I've got all I've got all of my parishioners uh, right here, and and Jerusalem's in the back, and I'm just standing between. And somebody said they got a really good view of the Golden Dome, and I thought. I, oh, you mean the you mean the one across the you mean across the way. Um, so then, uh, so that was that was another example of him. So we go down the um, finish the the Palm Sunday walk, and you come into where into Gethsemane. He's right at the very base, right right in the Kidron Valley, and you have the this church called the Church of All Nations. And, um, and it is, uh, when, when you walk, and um, when I turned the corner in and saw the Garden of Gethsemane, I just burst into tears. It was that kind of, un- completely unexpected. I, I feel like Bob was, he, somebody was talking to some guy that went to Clemson, like a big Clemson, like I, right there, and I was just like, this is so weird, but... Um, but when I, but it wasn't the Clemson guy that maybe burst into tears. It was just seeing, it was like the eight oldest olive trees in the world are right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now they weren't probably there when Jesus wept and bled into the ground, sweat blood into the ground. But he bled into the ground, and the oldest olive trees in the world are there. I mean, it is amazing to see these twisted, gnarly, huge, gorgeous olive trees. And they were cutting them and pruning them while we were there as we were all grabbing olive trees from the Garden of Gethsemane. You walk into the church, and right in front of the altar is supposedly the rock. That You know, a lot of times if you see a picture of Jesus in the garden, he's he's leaning against a rock. If you've seen um, an icon or something like that. There's the rock, and you know a lot of things are. Um, you know, this is about where Jesus was. We think he probably uh, was was right here. A lot of it's like that, but I mean, that's it's the rock in the garden that Jesus is touching, and you get to go up and touch it. Like it, it was, it, I don't, it was just amazing. And the what Berlucci did in that place was that um, all the windows are black and blue, and kind of dark. It was a, it was much darker than than a lot of them. It was it was it was painful. It was like a bruise of light just coming in. It was I mean it was just magnificent. It was so solemn in that place where Jesus prayed the night before he died and was um, and it was intercepted by Judas and and the guards. So it was it was it was things like that. Where you could get a, a, a sense of Jesus uh, was in the garden at the bottom, went up, no, no, let's see, I'm getting, uh, came down from the Mount of Olives, went up to the uh, upper room to have the Last Supper. We went to the upper room. It's Gothic. Like, it's not, somebody was like, um, or the Colette, our tour guide said, people have asked her, where was the table? Like, you're just in the airspace. Like, you're, you're in a, you know, it's not the same room. But then you can see that he, he went back down the Roman road, that, and those steps are still there. You can't walk on them, but the, the, the road is right there. Across to the Kidron Valley, to, um, right with Jerusalem right up the hill, to the, to the garden where he's weeping before the Lord, let this cup pass for me. The Judah, it's not far from Jerusalem, so Judas 
and the folks come. Bring him back up the hill he just came from to uh, right down the hill from the upper room is the um, Saint the Saint Saint Peter what, Gala Galacantu, uh, which is where the rooster was, right? And uh, this is where Caiaphas's house was. And so it's just you can see that he just went back and forth that night right across this this one road. And we went down into. It's basically this sort of cistern hewn out of the rock that they would they lower Jesus into to keep him overnight. And um, and it was amazing. I think I put this on Facebook that while we were there down in the valley in some of the you know somebody's house, this rooster kept crowing the whole time. I was like, does they just have that like on on uh, you know it's a, you know audio or something? Just to, it was no, it was it was a rooster crowing the whole time. But I mean, just to, just to be in that cell where Jesus was. Now they've got stairs down to it now, but you can see that it was just a hole before and they lowered him down. And he had to actually, by his own will, I guess, hold on to be brought back up. It was it was sobering, to say the least. Is anybody who was there? I mean, so this is these are the sorts of things that um that we saw just just to be in the place and get a sense. And I can remember reading, and and I and I still have this sensation, but it's not new anymore. But I remember reading scripture uh, afterwards and thinking, "Oh, I know exactly what that looks like. I know exactly what that looks like." Like for instance, when we um, uh, not far from there is Bethlehem. We went to the the uh, the church of the angels, where right over the cave where the shepherds probably were sitting, where the angel appeared to him and said, hey, the Messiah has just been born. And you can actually, there's a hill right, the next hill over is, is undeveloped, and it looks exactly like it would have looked, this kind of stark hill, but a lot of grass and stuff. It's just amazing to look right there. And we actually had Emily Gordine, who uh, is in the Loud Nativity, our uh, angel extraordinaire, and she recited uh, the uh, the words of the angel of the Lord while we were uh, there um, announcing the and heralding the Messiah's birth. It was really really cool. So just lots and lots of things where the scriptures just uh, come alive. Um, it, do how long do I keep talking? Or is there other people that are going to come up and talk about this stuff? Do I? You probably have about ten minutes max. Ten minutes max. All right. Yes, Erna. Oh, it's not? Oh, gone it. Okay. <laughs> All right, Trent. Where's Trent? Help me. All right. Oh, it is. Yeah, no doubt about that. See how it comes out there. Yeah, that would be better to have to have this. All right, there we go. So this is Caesarea, um, and and I'm I'm just gonna let it go. I can't I can't talk about all. This is Colette. She was fantastic. Um, that's that's the Mediterranean. So Caesarea is right there. Anyway, I can't tell you. You can look at that. You can listen to me. One of the places it'll be not too far from from here is Benias. And I just thought that was amazing. Amy actually did the teaching while we were there. 
but uh, it, it's a remarkable place. So, so the scripture is uh, Matthew 16, and Jesus takes uh, the disciples on a sort of retreat to what is called Caesarea Philippi. So that what we just saw, the, the, um, the amphitheater and everything, that's in Caesarea by the sea. But this is north, it's out of what would have been Hebrew territory called Caesarea Philippi. Now it's called Benias. And it's called that because they, it's where the, the, god, the god Pan, Roman god Pan, was worshipped. The little goaty thing with the flute. And they did all sorts of crazy things with goats there, uh, particularly, and then threw them into this uh, waterfall uh, sort of area with a the spring, because that's where Pan lived, and it kept him happy, I guess. And all along, it has, they had other Roman gods, these uh, things carved out, and uh, Roman uh, gods uh, put up here. And that's where Jesus brought his disciples, this pagan place of worship. And that's where he said, who do people say that I am? This is it. So, so you can see there, back down in there is a little grotto where, the, um, where, where the, they threw the goats. And all along uh, there's these, you can see up there, and there's uh, places where they held the gods. Now this is on to Caesar, uh, Capernaum. This is on to Capernaum. But, um, so it's in the face of all these other gods and statues of other gods and, and a place of worship for other religions that Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And it's there that Peter, in the face of all these other gods, is there that Peter proclaims, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the question is always put to us before all these, any false gods that we have, um, and that is, who do you say that I am? So it's just, I mean, seeing that. So here we are on the Sea of Galilee. That was amazing. Um, it, was, it was just, it was spectacular. That's the actual boat that Jesus was in. Um, here's a, a fish the fish had a, um, had a coin in its mouth I, I, mean, I wish I could tell you all about every, everything but uh, it is it's gonna go, it goes too fast and there's too many pictures um, but just it was, it was amazing and it is, you can't spend too much money to go to a place like Jerusalem and see, have your faith come alive it's a pilgrimage it may, for a lot of people it's a once in a lifetime uh, expense and experience, but it is. I mean, it, I, I just we felt so fortunate to go when we did. If we had planned it for a week later, we wouldn't have been able to go, or we would have gotten there and been stuck. I mean, who knows? Um, what what we actually there was a little we were a little nervous getting out of there, uh, but it was it was amazing. To, we didn't follow along chronologically. It didn't work like that. You can't go on tour and start with Jesus' birth and end. You can't do it like that. But, um, but just to be able to drive in, in an hour from Galilee to Jerusalem, and, but to see this is where Jesus walked, to, uh, to, to have the opportunity to baptize or, not, or, or commemorate our baptism uh, in the Jordan River, not at the exact site, but it's a much better site uh, than where Jesus actually was baptized. But it's, it's in the Jordan River. We all you know, got water bottles full of Jordan River water that we have in a closet somewhere. But it's, it's, um, it is uh, fantastic. It's amazing. And, and then I got to baptize Amy, and then she baptized me. And that was just a time that we'll never forget. Happy anniversary today, honey, by the way. It's our anniversary. So, um, still feels like the first anniversary. Yeah, it sure does. 
Ha ha. Um, okay. So I, I would, I think, I, I feel like I'm kind of, um, I mean, I can just go on and tell, talk about, I, I tell, one thing that was really, really amazing was the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. That's the nativity. So, so Jesus was not born in this in a stable like we think of a stable. He was born in a cave, down down in a in a cave. And that it was where they kept the livestock, but it was down in this cave. It's right. I mean, you're right there where Jesus was born. Uh, and then you're right there where Jesus was crucified. And actually, it's not even a hundred yards from the site of the crucifixion. <laughs> to uh, the site of the tomb. And the site of the tomb, the mountain where the tomb, the, the, the rock was, the tomb was carved in, the mountain's gone. They just have the space. And there's actually behind, there is in this small building inside the giant uh, cathedral of the Holy Sepulchre. And, and it's, um, and it is, uh, there's some rock, you can't even really see it, it's behind the walls, but it's, it's still part of the original Tomb. There's a great documentary on National Geographic, if you have Disney+, Plus, which you can go and, and see. This is the Dead Sea, and uh, there's some um, pictures. Uh, you, you signed the confidentiality of, uh, agreement before you came in, I think. Um, but it's, uh, this is where, down in a little cave down here is where Jesus taught, uh, taught the Lord's Prayer. And they're all written, written in languages from all over the world. And I mean, just... Just too much to, to, to go through. We could spend the next, we could spend all the semester talking about each site. It was just, it, maybe we should, but it, it was spectacular. And I can't commend it uh, enough um, to go and be able to like, just kneel in the place, I mean, even for 10 seconds, where the cross was. I mean, right, what they say anyway, is that that's where Jesus was hung, hung on the cross. Kneel in that spot by yourself for ten seconds is something I will never, ever forget. Um, it was spectacular. That's the rock where Jesus in Gethsemane. So, anyway, um, any questions? Uh, just things I've said that you might want to. I know you're just looking over my shoulder at this point. Yeah, Russ. No, we never felt unsafe. Um, when those people were trying to push us down where Jesus was born. Right. Oh, yeah, that, well, the Croatians or whatever they were when they came in. They, um, and no, we never felt militarily unsafe, I will say that. Um, and uh, they just kind of, I mean, they, they kind of expect everybody's milling around and they'll have their own conflict. A couple of months later, in the midst of the pandemic, there was some unrest there. Um, and of course, that happens from time to time. And I, we've known people. In fact, Trent, I think, uh, had a had a, a trip canceled at one point because of unrest. But um, it happens. But no, we never felt unsafe. I mean, there are people walking around with machine guns, but they're not going to shoot. They're not going to shoot you. So. Probably, probably not going to shoot you. Yeah, somebody else. That was my parents' first question uh, when we went. Yeah. I would say the strangest thing was. Well, yeah, I mean, at that point, we just thought, you know, this, this is ridiculous. Just wash your hands. I mean, that's kind of what we, we thought at that point. This is where, that's the site, that's the rock they laid Jesus on after he was, that's actually what they said. This is, they laid, after he was crucified, they laid him on that rock. This is the um, place where Jesus' tomb was in that little building. 
called the Edicule. Um, and these are the people that were grumpy. Uh, <laughs> it's the Wailing Wall. <clears throat> and this is where uh, Peter... Remember that in Acts where Peter goes to see Simon the Tanner? And then Caiaphas calls him. This is where Peter was when Caiaphas' people came. So uh, that's the last day. Then we headed out. That's our driver and Colette. Um, his name was Khalid. Khalid. Because Jonah also left. Jonah left for Tarshish from that same spot. That's why the one. All right. That's it. All right, Emily. Were it was definitely it was the oldest something in the world, right yeah, there. Yeah. Like the dock or the. Yeah, it was port. the oldest port, port active port or something right. like that. Right across from the border. Yeah. Oh, that's not my. Favorite. All right. Thank you. Let's give Papa Joe. For him to remember all of that, my God, without a script. All right. Thank you for the light. Our next presenter now will be coming forward, and as our next presenter comes forward, I would like to have Amy to come forward, please, and our assistant, our assistant will have Amy come first, Heather, and Father Joe, could you please come forward? Our David Shepherd. All right. Emily, did you take your mask off? It's kind of hard. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Let me say it again. Our shepherd here and our assistant shepherd. Now we have um, Heather, who was also on our pilgrimage. Is going to do a presentation, so let's welcome her. <laughs> so, one of the things that we all, um, what does a shepherd need? Sheep. <laughs> well, you already, you already have your sheep. So, what does a shepherd need? He needs his shepherd's crook so that he can guide his flock faithfully and trust trustworthy and he and he did that and it was um, kind of touch and go toward the end there we were really concerned we wouldn't actually make it out of Israel they were closing borders and canceling flights we did make it out, obviously but um, it was it was touch and go for a while there but we did make it back and as soon as we did I thought you know what Father Joe needs <laughs> Father Joe needs a shepherd's crook and so I went online and started looking at them with the idea that at our one-month get-together, we'd get together and talk about these things, that I would have it ready and I could present it to them. Look what we have for you, our faithful shepherd. Well, of course, that didn't happen. And 18 months later, here we are, and here's your shepherd's crow. So this is actually an honest shepherd's crow. This is not a prop. This is not part of a costume. It's from a livestock company. And it is made out of sweet chestnut and is designed for shepherds to rescue their sheep with. Now, we wanted to put something on it that would uh, make it make sense because otherwise it's just a piece of wood, right? So um, 
in Germany, they have walking stick medallions. Every time you go to a, a special place in Germany, you buy the medallion and you can attach it to your walking stick to commemorate that you've been there, when and whatnot. So I had one made because, funny enough, they just don't have these available. <laughs> and this is a little medallion. It's pewter, very soft, so it should go right around that, no problem. And it says, Our Savior, Israel 2020. So this is for you to put on your shepherd's crook. And we left it up so you can put it wherever you like. Well, thank you so much. And then for future trips, you won't see me walking around with one of these and a collar on my neck at the same time. <laughs> but, I, but I will keep this in a very special place. That is, that is, that is special. So far, now you need to have a sheep of the week that you reel in. Elaine's got that list. Yeah, for, for the new, for the e news, the sheep of the week. Sheep of the week. We couldn't leave Amy out, though, because Amy was as much of a shepherdess yes. as Father Joe, but we didn't think that she would like a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam had another idea. Yes, you know about finding um, every good shepherd is a slob, but beside every good shepherd is a shepherdess. And Amy really was the best. She provides us with a lot of
Should we just play? Should we say? Sure. Angela. Yay. She's going to be good, so don't miss it, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, and then the, the third week, we're going to have a Miss Lewis, who will tell us what it was like to live in Israel. And that should be a very riveting experience, to live in Israel for a long period of time. We went there for 10 days, but this woman lived there. So you know she would have some good information to share with us. Anything else? Nothing else then? She, she, lived, she lived there as a missionary. Yeah, as a yeah missionary. she's a missionary. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. The missionary. Please look at her display and enjoy the service next week. The next service. If you have not been to the next service, <laughs> 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 